We are Stephen and Jill. Together, we've been buying and reselling land since the 90s. Our data-centric approach leaves our buyers asking, how can you sell it so cheap? Here on the Land Academy Show, we answer that and more. Welcome to the <laughs> Land Academy Show. Entertaining land investment talk. I'm yeah, Stephen Jack Butah. That's okay. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from the Valley of the Sun. Today, Jill and I are going to talk about the six steps to getting your first land deal complete. Super popular question. We just got done, Jill and I, wrapping up uh, the most recent career path. I mm -hmm. guess it was career path number three. Yep. And we always follow this format throughout career path and we leave no detail out. So I figured we'd just do a short summary here about how to get a deal done. That's great. Can I pause for a second and just let everybody know since you mentioned career path, that career path number four is open. And by the time this airs, I, I believe I'm still going to have some seats. So if you are interested, go check out Land Academy forward slash career path and you'll find out all the details there about what it is, what we're talking about. It's basically Land Academy is like a, a self-study program. This is the opposite of that. If you want to really talk to us and dive in and have discussions and ask questions throughout the whole process and then find out what we're working on right now today, that's career path. Well, if you want this to be your career, right? This then career paths, buying and selling land is your career, then right. you should consider career path, whether you're brand new yeah. uh, or you know, you've done 180 deals. And you retired from something else. Sure. Or done, you know, there's everything in there. Cool. Before we get into it, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the landinvestors.com online community is free. And did you know that Jill and I personally? We just answered that. Oh, career path. <laughs> you can skip that part. <laughs> hey, by the way, I want to apologize real quick here before I read this question. I may not sound like myself. <laughs> Jill's been working this month for some reason. We have bought and sold a ton of property and Jill's been on the phone. For some reason. Selling. How about I'm doing a good job? <laughs> what do you mean? For whatever reason. Oh, because Land Academy works. Yeah. And we sent a lot of mail out yeah. and we're buying and selling property. Yeah. That's what I mean. For some reason. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Michael asks. All right. Michael wrote, do you send mail to properties in a floodplain or do you exclude floodplain properties in data tree? Great question. Mm -hmm. You cannot exclude properties uh, that are in a floodplain in data tree or any other assessor data set. Here's the deal. Here's a real big picture question here. The issue is assessors collect data about properties that's important to them so that they can report that data to a treasurer who assigns a property tax amount. And for whatever reason, for better or for worse, properties that are in floodplains don't matter to them. And so we we can't capture a data set. In the future, we might be, uh, mm -hmm. get a capture a data set on that. But you can't exclude or include that for some reason. You know, some of the things that are really important to assessors are, is there a structure on it? Is it improved? Is it a vacant piece of property? Or does it have a house on it? Or does it have an office building on it or a hospital? So those are the way that they assess taxes. I have you don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when that's that. That's just hilarious. Okay. We're partners. Well, I just didn't want you to flow, <laughs> go on to it without letting me talk for a second. I'm pretty sure that this is going to happen in the not too distant future. Because even right now with NeighborScoop, we can look and we have a FEMA flood map overlay and we have all kinds of different layers that we can look at on these properties. So there's probably going to be a way that 
even though it doesn't come from the assessor data, you can run it through something before you send your mail out. The, the thing that it's not going to pick up is, is you shouldn't do that anyway, because so many properties, if you please go on neighbor scoop, um, or whatever you are using and pull up a flood map and please look at Phoenix, for example, the whole flipping city is in a floodplain and we are all building houses. So there's all kinds of, there's there, even though properties in a floodplain doesn't mean you necessarily can't build there. So sometimes you just have to raise foundations or do different things with drainage, whatever. So I'm just saying, I wouldn't want to exclude those anyway. Yeah. You, what you're saying is you never want to really make your mailer smaller. Yeah. Don't take it out. There's stuff that you should exclude it. And we teach all this in our, all these pro and career path and in our, uh, all the education programs that we have. There's stuff that you exclude, very clearly exclude, in my opinion, and stuff that you just, eh, you know, you don't want to, it's, you don't want to get up in the morning, go fishing and in a lake, in a small lake in, let's say the Midwest and use a lure that's uh, designed to, to catch a, a sea tuna. And that's what, that's what making this, these mailers smaller are. You want to, well, you want to cast a net and just see what you catch. I think everybody's looking for an easy button. Yeah, there's no and easy button. going to be perfect. Nope. And if you are relying on an easy button, you're going to miss a lot of good properties. Believe me. Believe and you me. won't be just my competition because right. I'm going to be buying I mean, them all. If you <laughs> sent a mailer out yeah. in, in Phoenix or yeah. in a lot of places in Arizona or in a lot of parts of the desert and had the opportunity or the option to exclude floodplain properties, you would send no mail out. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that, that it's in a floodplain. It just means that there's, there's FEMA. It's just not, you need to really look at it. Exactly. Wait till the, wait till it comes back Do your due diligence and then decide. Let me put this another way. Make it real simple. <laughs> We're going to hit this home, Michael. In, in Land Academy 3.0, do exactly what yeah. Jill and I say. Exactly. And if we don't bring up floodplains, it's because in 35 years, it hasn't been necessary and it's not necessary now. So if you just follow the program, you're going to do great. Yeah. Today's topic, six steps to getting your first land deal complete. This is the meat of the show. What's the very first step in anything if you want to have success, Joe? Take out a loan. <laughs> <laughs> People start there all the time. Please don't take out I'm a loan. I'm like, I know. What the heck is that? Please don't don't take a, borrow any money. Here's some dad advice. Like, Do not take a loan out work for on my credit score. anything, anything except... A house, and it better be cheap. The house better be cheap in the first place. Or in some cases, not all cases, education. And that's it. That's mm -hmm. the only two things you should ever take a loan out in your entire life that's or commercial cool. property if that's what you do. Asset-based loans are fine. Yeah. Number one, step one, you need to get educated and you should not take a loan out to do that because... <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when I say get a poss potentially get an education loan, if you're smart enough to go to some Ivy League school and it costs two or three or four hundred thousand dollars to get in and out of there, you might need a loan, and it might be a really good idea to do that. I would only do it if I'm in, if I absolutely have to. Me too. I actually would probably work my way through it, no matter how much it costs. Mm -hmm. So no, step one is get educated, and there's so much free content out there. Uh, this podcast is a great example of, of free content. There's four, three or four or five real credible people on the internet or, or acceptable uh, groups that teach about buying and selling land on the internet and just soak up as much free content as you possibly can and before you ever spend a dollar. If you're into it and if you find yourself waking up obsessed with it, 
uh, like us, you know, then start spending some money on education mm-hmm. and pick and choose which groups you think are like your personality. Like, I'll okay. tell you, honestly, Land Academy, I've, I've been told this and we never intended that this to be that, but I've been told that Land Academy is for people who want to make this their career and they're real serious about it. Yeah, we have a lot of people that come to us from other groups that started there, got their feet wet, and then like, okay, now I'm ready to to make this a thing. And then they come here and it works out great. Yeah. So cool. If this is your hobby and that's all you ever wanted to be and you really love your job, your W-2 job, this might not be the best thing for you. Well, we got people that do that too. Okay. <laughs> Step two, choose a place to send mail. Mm-hmm. We're all about direct mail and, and sending out blind offers, tens of thousands of offers to see who's going to sign it and send it back. You need to choose the right place. Um, you know, Northern Alaska might not be the best place to do this. Southwestern Texas, I can tell you for sure, is not the best place to do this. So, well, that's great, Jack. Then what's the best place to send it? We, <laughs> we in our education. He's so sweet. He's covering for me right now. So he's having his own conversation. I'll be over here. I'll just make gestures, you know, like, yeah, good. So can't talk. I know. It's a positive and a negative thing for me, but. Largely positive. Oh, thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) There's a a way that we uh, teach in Land Academy about how to, we call it trolling the internet or trolling the, in uh, Zillow or Realtor or Redfin, trolling areas to to identify places to send mail. And then testing them through what we call a red, green, yellow test to see if it really, it's the statistics and it's all really checking out. And Mm -hmm. so we don't guess about where to send mail. So number two is choose a place to send mail, but do it through data. How, how we teach or whoever, just honestly, the, our way is the best, just being real honest. Number three, get the offer campaign in the mail. If you find two or three or five zip codes, maybe they're adjacent, maybe they're in different states that work, they pass the red, red green, yellow test, you feel very confident, put them all together in a mailer or call offers to owners, the number two, and look up concierge data. They'll do all of it for you if you don't want to do it. But get it in the mail. Nothing's going to happen. You will never get to, to the end of your first deal, which is what this is all about, this, this episode. Nothing's going to happen if you don't get it in the mail. You're not going to, some broker's not going to call you or some wholesaler's not going to call you. They might and say, hey, I got a great deal, but it's not a great deal because you didn't get there first. That's what the sending this mail is all about. You've got there first, you're talking to the seller. And they want to sell it to you for the price that you think makes the deal work. You know, it's kind of funny. I was just thinking, I pointed out to to Jack the other day in the newspaper. I was, our little community newspaper. There's a guy in there selling his house. And it's flat out for sale by owner. And the bottom says, agents, please don't call. I, I <laughs> love it. At least he said, please. You know, he's like, I don't made the please may not or may or may not have been in there. <laughs> but, but I thought it was really kind of cool that. These, there's a lot of sellers that don't want to work. They love this. They love working just with us. You know, that they, when you're talking to these people and you say, I'm the owner and whatever you and I deal, you and I make, that's it. They're like, oh, whew, thank you. You took all the whatever out of it. It's, it's nice not to have a middleman and go through that. So these guys love talking to us, mm-hmm. these sellers. So number three, you get the mail out. Number four, after a couple of weeks when that mail's out there, you're going to uh, have to answer the phone or get somebody, get a call service to answer the phone. You know, if you cast a fishing line in the water and a uh, fish jumps on and you can feel it at the end of the rod and you don't reel it up, 
that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You went all you went all through the work, and, and, and hopefully it's fun to get out there and fish that day. And if you got something on the line, reel it in. Mm-hmm. See so if you it's have a big lot or small. Of fishing stories. Are you trying to tell yeah, me? Something? Actually, you know what? You know why? <laughs> why is all the fishing I've been fishing thinking about fishing so oh, much okay, lately because I haven't done it, I and it's like the season's while, starting to change. It's going to get hot. Are I missed the whole season. I'm sorry. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> so you answered the phone and you found out that because you sent out 5,000 offers and you talked to maybe 15 people or Pat Live or something, or maybe in the near future here, Jill Live, answered the phone and you found out that five of these properties probably work for you. Well, you picked the ones that work. You talked to 15 people, maybe five or six work. Then you really get into it and find out that maybe three work of these, maybe two or three, maybe 20, I don't know, on these 5,000 unit uh, mailers that you sent out work. So you pick the ones that work through due diligence. And again, we teach all this stuff. This is step five. Step six. By the way, let me back up real quick here. In step five, when you're doing due diligence, picking the deal, um, that's when you're checking floodplain. Just want to throw that in there. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, not at the beginning. Yeah, don't worry about that. Not in your mailer. So you've got so, see, so think about this. I'm sending out you know five or ten thousand offers. Am I going to sit and figure out plug plane then? No, I can do that real quick when they call back yeah. and I'm talking to ten or twenty sellers. That's when I get serious. Just right. About it. You want to check the plug plane on five thousand properties, or do you want to check it on fifteen? Right. At the end? <laughs> Just fifteen. Yes. So you're going to pick the deals that work. That's step five. And step six is you buy it. You go work through an escrow agent in most cases to buy the property. And then you sell it for mm-hmm. more. Usually by enlisting a real estate agent, that's how we do it. A vetted local land cowboy hat, center. land land uh, yeah. land agent who knows the market and understands you and understands land. Exactly. And, and doesn't sell houses. That's funny. Speaking of which, one of our land guys locally here selling some stuff for us sent me a note in social media like, hey, that picture I posted last week on Facebook – that was standing on your property. Isn't that cool? <laughs> he's, he's that into land. Wow, that, that is fantastic. That is really cool. So, yeah. How great is that? Totally. It was, was it on the buy side or the sell side? He's selling it for us. Yep. If you need access to any sort of ownership or property details, including owner phone numbers and FEMA flood map overlays, please check out parcelfact.com or neighborscoop.com. Created by investors, that's us. For investors like you. Happy you could join us today. Five days a week, you can find us here on the Land Academy Show. Tomorrow, the episode on the Land Academy Show is called The Three Types of Land Investment Deal Buckets. We've uh, divided the, all the properties that Jill and I buy into three types of property. And surprise, surprise, the third one makes the most and the first one makes the least. <laughs> <laughs> you are not alone in your real estate ambition. How bad is your voice? Like, this, I'm the how bad does it hurt? It doesn't sound, you sound great. Yeah. I'm serious. For, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not being serious. Sounds terrible. like I had like a rough, rough, I don't know what. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Um, the It's actually better. I am 90%. I don't sound 90%, but trust me, I'm 90% there. I feel, you know, last week, if you watch, if you listen to the show or watch the show, you know that last week we were reruns. Because Jill just couldn't talk. I know. I'm sorry. But it was worth it because we bought and sold a ton of property this month. Thank you. (laughs) And thanks for tuning in. Hey, by the way, we, in case you didn't know, we recently released our newest and latest up-to-date educational program 
for Land Academy. It's called Land Academy 3.0, Catching Up with Land Academy. We spent six months writing, creating, producing this program, and it's all the the, the latest tools and things that we use now to help you succeed at buying and selling land. It's about five hours of how-to video and it's screenshots getting in there. And it's free to existing members and available to you. Um, check out landacademy.com or you can call, actually, best is email, support at landacademy.com. We're, We're Jack, Jack and Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property. 